Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And on today's episode, we have Battalion Chief Jermaine Kemp. And we had a great conversation. Uh, talked about a lot of stuff, leadership, mental health, you name it. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, here you go, Washdown Podcast with special guest Jermaine Kemp. Y'all are funny. He's lucky I'm fucking here. Y'all are funny, man. My, my garage is torn the fuck up, and I got to get that dialed back in. So is mine, man. man. Your garage has been fucked up for how long you lived here? Two years. Four years. <laughs> I have are a, funny. I have a system. Twice a year, I completely take everything out of the garage and put it all back in nice and neat, and then I do a project. And then I need to do it again. <laughs> hey, I, okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Man, I'll clean my garage up maybe three times a year, four times. I don't know. I, I just man, clean. I must be obsessive. Mine's like once a month. I'm telling. No, I ain't doing that now. But I do, and uh, you you start working on projects, and mm-hmm. you got shit <clears throat> built up. I lose tools. I go buy uh, another thing. Oh I'm yeah. Like, what do I do with this? I was, so I Where's that 16 millimeter socket? <laughs> I have you, seven of them. And then I blame my son. Son, where you at? Son, where, son, where you at? And then my wife said, "Why are you always blaming?" Okay, I'm sorry. See, I blame her. I blame my wife. I miss the screwdrivers. Like, where are my screwdrivers? I had a, two complete sets. That's funny. Nope. <clears throat> hey, I'm gonna take my hair because I might get to uh, laughing. Oh, you're this good, man. Funny. Do it. <laughs> 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 We're gonna get some meds on standby. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. Good thing we got a paramedic here today. Where <laughs> you ain't gonna beat him up. Hey. <laughs> oh, so let's make sure that that mic is pointed right towards your face, right there. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, you talk loud enough, but uh-huh. whenever you kind of get to the side, it kind of goes. I was away. doing that so I don't scream. In yeah. Yeah. That's why I was kind of being courteous. It's it. Hey. Don't worry about courtesy. Okay. okay. <laughs> we, we're, we're both half deaf now anyway. It yeah, doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, I got gotcha, you. I, gotcha. I want the people that are watching this to be able to hear all of the uh, pearls and nuggets of wisdom that you have to drop on them. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, come on. Hit me with the pearls and nuggets. <laughs> well, Jermaine, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I know Chris appreciates it as well, even though he never really says that. Um, I'm not good with affection. It's all good. Yeah. So why don't we start with a little bit of background, and then we'll just go forward. So how long have you been in the fire service? Why did you want to get into the fire service? Where are you from? All right. Uh, From St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Graduated uh, in 1993 high school. Uh, Got a college scholarship, played basketball down at at the time, Southwest Missouri State. Met my lovely wife down there. Then I transferred in 1995 uh, to Missouri Western up in St. Joe. Uh, Graduated with a criminal justice degree in 1997. Thought I was going to be a police officer. Uh, Detective is, you know, what I wanted to do. FBI kind of work. And uh, that wasn't the case. My wife's a little, just a little bit older than I am. So she was teaching at uh, Smith Hill middle school and two officers on separate occasions asked me if I uh, ever thought about being a firefighter. No, never been in a station. What I know, I used to throw rocks at the, 
at the uh, firefighters <laughs> in St. Louis when they try to cut the hydrant off on us. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's that's all I know about firefighters, right? But uh, he told me nine days a month. Oh, nine days a month? Are you kidding? And they said if they had to do it over again, they would do that. So what I ended up doing was just applying for uh, KCPD for the um, several <laughs> police departments. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, and, along with the fire, you know, and uh, I was happily chosen, you know, to be a part of that yeah. uh, organization. And I'm excited about it, you know, uh, 26 years in now, 25 and a half, but almost 26 years. So um, that's, that's as far as fire service, you know, that, that's how I got started. But I, I, I love helping people. You know, and uh, that's what I wanted to do with, you know, in, 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 as an uh, officer. Um, but, you know, this is where I'm at, and I love it. So, and I can continue to doing um, what my passion is, and that's getting out in the community and helping people as best I can. <clears throat> Did that answer your Show. question? That's it. We're done. That was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's always wanting to end stuff early. I Me, don't too. Know. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, <laughs> so what? So you got on in what ninety seven? Nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was were they? That was right about the time they started doing the big hire, right? Yes, uh, we had like forty. We started with forty. I want to say forty five in our class, and then uh, several, you know, dropped out along the way. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah that, that's when they started that. Yeah. Yep. And the class after us, I think it was fifty. Yeah, I think it was classes <coughs> of fifty until ours. Yeah, and that was all four. Wow. Yeah, they 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 started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. I, I think I want to say it was that way, but I could be. There could be some small ones in there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think there were a few classes like ours of thirty, and then but it was mostly classes of yeah. fifty. So. And it was hiring process after hiring process. Mm-hmm. It seemed like because there's a lot of, a lot of guys with between your time and our time. Yeah, it's hey. like boom, boom, boom. You know. And I was happy because I was like, I'm finally getting some seniority. <laughs> <laughs> keep them coming, keep them coming, <laughs> keep them coming, baby. <laughs> then he got promoted. Yeah, zero. <laughs> Built it up again. Got promoted again. Went to zero. Yep. Got promoted again. <laughs> and has what like maybe, like, <clears throat> building up pretty quick now too. Yeah, yeah got, got, got a couple. Few. So it, that's one of the things I did want to talk to you about is your job now. Mm-hmm. as Because you're battalion chief, mm-hmm. but you're the shift, shift accountability, accountability uh-huh. officer. Chief, yep. So like, what exactly does that entail like on a day-to-day basis? You know what? And, and <laughs> we talk about it. It, it. It's a lot. It started off a whole lot, but we were kind of – um, evolving and knocking things off, you know, with the help of others. But <clears throat> we're doing um, training uh, around the department, mm-hmm. okay, uh, doing some training and preparing for the season of training now. Uh, we um, we help the deputy chiefs in the morning times with the uh, lineup, especially when, uh, when we go into mandatory. Other than that, you know, they, they still doing a lineup. We're just there learning, talking, uh, seeing what the deputy does, but, uh, helping with that mandatory, making those calls, you know what I mean? Uh, doing that, uh, we run all, um, work and fire responses, you know, uh, regular alarms that have a work and fire, uh, 
work and fire response, uh, water rescue, technical rescues, um, just kind of helping battalion chiefs uh, as needed. Uh, I've, I've been uh, called at about three in the morning to go out and help with uh, the occupant service sector, you know, at an incident that um, consequently wasn't a uh, work and fire response, but I was, uh, you know, they woke me up yeah. and I went out and helped doing that. So it's, it kind of does a lot. It has a lot with it and it's still a moving target with it. We're just, like I said, we're the first in this position. So we are uh, putting it together. Uh, PIO, we do a little PIO on scenes so the battalion chiefs don't have to uh, worry about that. They can yeah. uh, stay focused on what they're doing and we take care of the media. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot. <laughs> and you would ask me that and then I, I, I you know, just kind of draw a blank, but yeah. it's a lot that come with it. Yeah, it seems seems like it because, I mean, obviously we have a different one on our shift that shows up. Sure, that, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but it just kind of is like one of those things of – what are you really supposed to be doing? Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I mean, it's not like he's not doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like you it, don't see it. It's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, it's the they don't do anything. Draw draw that salary, have that vehicle, mm-hmm. and then don't do shit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you a, know what it's I mean? a lot that we're it's, doing. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. And even um, um, on scene, uh, had a couple instances where uh, was fortunate, you know, to come around the corner at the right time um, and stop in action before someone um, got hurt, yeah. you know? So um, it, I think it's always good to have, you know, two eyes, uh, you know, sets of eyes on the scene. Yeah. Um, especially in um, the battalion chief role, you know, cause guys are out doing what they're supposed to do, you know, taking care of the task yeah. and sometimes uh, get blindsided, yeah. you know, about the things or tunnel vision, I'll say, yeah. and don't see certain things, but yeah. Well, I know from my perspective as being the safety officer, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely nice to have somebody else that I can go, okay, you're watching these, you know, special people. I'm yeah, going to go yeah, over here and do watch. this. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm going to yeah, go watch yeah, these yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, and then, you know, it also helps a little bit whenever I can go, hey, can you tell them to not do that because they're not listening to me? Mm-hmm. And it white shirt carries a little bit more authority. Sure. So. so, your white shirt, though, uh, should should have informed them, you know, hey, what he yeah. says is my message. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll leave that yeah. at that. <laughs> <laughs> we could just go right on okay, over okay, and okay, just okay. Go, go past yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that's why I like Pumper Life. It's so much easier. <laughs> Dude, it's it, like you're a caveman. Ugh, water, red stuff. <laughs> that's it. I, there's I, will, I know there's I more to it, don't get me wrong. Because you were a DSO for a long time. I was, seven years. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a great position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you can learn. You learn a lot of things in that position that you wouldn't normally learn if you were just a captain on a, a pumper or a truck yep. or a rescue. Yep. There's a whole different side of the department that you have to be proficient in. Exactly. And, I honestly, I think it's something that you should do before – you take that battalion chief test, man. I, I mean, it was it was invaluable uh, for me just seeing um, everything that a BC goes through, um, even sitting in the meetings, understanding the politics, uh, dealing with personnel. It's just a lot that comes with it. Yeah. I think uh, I was fortunate to have um, gotten that spot and um, being in it for such a uh, a long time. 
I think that, like what you just said, most captains should, you know, at least uh, be interested in it if they're thinking about that upward mobility and wanting to um, be promoted. I think they should at least spend some time in that seat and see what uh, happens on a day-to-day basis with the battalion chiefs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So getting to that battalion chief level and potentially moving on past that, when did that start for you? Like, when did you start saying, okay, I, w- I want to promote. This is my career. I want to get as high as I can get. You know what? I, and and I, I only know uh, one thing, and that's being honest. And if I if we can talk here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so I, I did not aspire to be a battalion chief, truth be told. Right? Uh, when I came on, I knew once I learned the system and once I learned, you know, moving up the chain and how everything works, I thought I'd be comfortable in the captain position. You know, um, you hear all the jargon and the talk. Oh, you be a battalion chief. It's a lot of work, babysitting, all that. So I kind of um, got comfortable and uh, didn't want to deal with it. But in my situation, um, being <clears throat> African-American, uh, our numbers are low, right? Um, so I felt impelled to um, get promoted, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I know I can do the job. I knew I could do the job. I've been, like I said, I, I've been around it for some time, but just you know, didn't really feel um, the need. At that time, before I, I, I decided, <laughs> I'm going to take this test, right? Yeah. Even with the pressure from uh, my peers, they were all say, hey, you'd be a great chief. We think you ought to take this test. And I know that I would be a great chief. You know what I mean? I knew I knew I would be a great chief. But um, I just, it, it, it wasn't in me at the time. I didn't want to do it. I'll say that. I'm not going to say it wasn't in me. I just didn't want to do it. I move at my own time. And my dad would tell you that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got a lot of whoopers, boy, because I'm going to do things in my own time. <laughs> you know? So uh, th- that's kind of what what, what, what what happened. And I said, once I commit to it, once I decide to take it, then whatever comes with it, you know, I'll deal with it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll yeah. take care of the responsibilities. I'll, you know, uh, do my best in the position. And so I made that decision to take the test, and I did. So I want to go back to something that you said about the numbers of African Americans mm-hmm. being down. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is that we have such a hard time recruiting? Like, and not even specifically – african-americans but minorities in general Mm -hmm. why is that an issue with getting them into the fire service i'll say this um (laughs) uh i'm not i'm not exactly sure it's just my opinion um and i think that we have to go back to history Right. Yeah. When you're dealing with fire, because, they're, you know, mm-hmm. when, in our community, when we talk to um, African-Americans, say, you know, you're a firefighter, man, you crazy. Even me, I thought I never thought to be the firefighter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, who wants to run in a burning building and, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and risk your life and doing all that? Right. But I'm, I'm saying that to say when we saw fire. And when we saw water, our uh, ancestors, it wasn't a good thing. You know what I mean? And so I think those things kind of um, spiritually, somehow, some way, is, is in us, right? And, okay. and, and we think, um, you know, it's a bad thing. But uh, I think when we get 
more people, especially now, because in times past, we had a, a number of African-Americans on the job. Right. Um, but now I think that the trouble is they don't see us as much in a community. You know, what I'm saying in, inside um, the core of our city, it's not a lot of us there now. Right. And so people do um, what they know, uh, what they're comfortable or familiar with. And so when you run, uh, when when the department show up at their houses in the inner city, they're not seeing a lot of us to be inspired. Right. By. And so uh, I think that's could be a part of it. it's just my opinion. So I want to be a, 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 a poli- police officer. Right. Because in, in my neighborhood, when I was growing up, one, I had relatives that were on the job. And two, we had a guy named Bernard and Gilkey. They were detectives and uh, they would come in our community and they take us under their wings. They take us to the baseball game, Cardinals baseball games, to the football games, take us camping and things like that. So that's what I saw as success. And that's what my partner saw as success. I have two partners that are police officers now in St. Louis. And so I think we are familiar with that or those fields or um, jobs and, you know, do we? So when you talk about why do I think we have a tough time uh, recruiting I think that's a big part. I think it's a big part. And so if we can get, um, uh, I think, more African-Americans just throughout the city, even up north. You know what I'm saying? There there are African-Americans up here, too. You know, Mm -hmm. so we can get us just, you know, just into different pockets. It don't have to be all black. You know what I mean? Uh, I just think that that's a part of it. It comes along with the recruiting aspect. Yeah. So I had a a conversation with a guy about something, something similar. And, you know, how there were certain stations that were, you know, there, you had certain stations that were pretty, and it's not by any coincidence, but there were white stations, there were black stations that wasn't segregated or anything. Mm-hmm. And his explanation was it was a comfortability thing. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, it, may, it makes sense. Without I mean, a doubt. When, when you grow up in a neighborhood and it's predominantly one, that's what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing when you're at work. You want to be comfortable and at sure. ease. And if you're with... uh people of a certain culture that you don't know much about you're not it's kind of like normal. a better word it's not you're not comfortable with, you know and, and it's like i I'd never put i was like because well, i don't care i just i like people right sure so no you don't i know i don't you <laughs> <laughs> how many times on this podcast have you said i hate people i do hate people <laughs> i like persons <laughs> i like persons but you like more at the station i don't care yeah well, see, just, let's have fun. So part of that goes back, and there's been a lot of studies about this, is people are tribal. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, they separated along those tribal lines, mm-hmm. and it was skin color, mm-hmm. you know, just because of geography or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about this today in the shower, and you guys- That's cor- really weird. Correct me if I'm wrong. What, why is it, it weird? Think about that in the shower. What else am I going to think about? I don't know. Make up a story, man. Sing, sing, about, sing a song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I think I about some where of you my best be. thinking in the shower. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, it, it, does, it, it does. In the shower, it's fantasy time. Like, what's the <laughs> ultimate fantasy? Oh my god, my wife came home and she hit the lottery. <laughs> what am I gonna buy? A thousand acres. I'm gonna have four barns. Hey, I think <laughs> like I think like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do in the shower. You don't think about mm. tribal history. No, this was uh, I w- 
That's weird. Whatever, man. Go on with your point, weirdo. I... Okay, now i got to find it. <laughs> See, he does this crap to me. He interrupts me, and then I just lose my train of thought. It might but be on purpose. It might not be. I don't know. But, no, I was thinking about it, you know, because we all went and sat through that DEI thing mm-hmm. the other day. Um, but I was thinking about that and the whole tribal thing and, you know, how, like, and let's be honest, there's an issue on fire departments and police departments across the country yes. on, on that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And there always has been, and, you know, efforts are being made to stamp that out. I don't know that it ever will because people are people. People are going to be people, yeah. Yeah. But, like, my my thought on it, and it kind of has always been this way of, once you put on that uniform, that's your tribe now. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with skin color or anything else. It's, you know, everybody's blue mm-hmm. or red or whatever color you want to denote the fire service. All the rest of it goes out the window because then it becomes can and will. See, that's the perfect world, though. Mm-hmm. I understand. That's cotton candy <laughs> rainbow land, and I want to live in it for a little while. I know so that. Just- I, I get you. I get you. I get you. <laughs> But it's, can you do the job and will you do the job, mm-hmm. right? How do we get from where we are now to there? That's the question. It just, it, it, I don't have the um, the magic wand. If I did, it'd be done, right? Right. Uh, let's go back to tribal and comfortability and things like that. So I'll say this. In my experience, this is a, it's, it's a small thing, but it's major, right? Okay. Um, I've been to several stations, and um, when you talk about comfortable, I was the only at one African-American at the station. And um, I'll say Caucasians. Can I say that? Yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> it, like, it, like, like the temperature a little colder <laughs> than African-Americans, right? <laughs> well, so, some of us, some of us. One at 80 degrees in the station. See, it, I, I'm a tropical people, okay? You know what? That'd be, that's awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I can live with you. I can live with you, right? right? We'd be but, fine. I'm telling you, yeah, we'd be good. We'd be good. And I ran into that with a guy at the station I'm at now because it, they keep it 64 degrees yes. in the wintertime. Yes. I, listen, it's 30 degrees outside. Put a, wear a sweatshirt. Put a blanket over you. See? You'd be all right. So why, why should I have to be that way and that's the deal that's you just hit the nail on the head right there <laughs> why do i have to be uncomfortable to keep you comfortable does that make sense so when you talk about comfortability i can fix this i can fix yeah. this equator side of the station alaska side of the station see hot and cold now there's and, an that, and then in the middle now there's it's a, perfect see now there's and an we issue. all meet in the middle see see because <laughs> that, that hot air and that cold air mixes and that brings everybody together and we're gonna have a tor- we're gonna have a thunderstorm <laughs> in right. the station. And that's where we are with it. Hey, and that's where we are. We're gonna have a thunderstorm. You understand? And Who doesn't that, like thunderstorms? And that's where we are. So <laughs> coming back to that, yeah. right, right, right. Coming back to that is, uh, but if we re- remember, you said all I wanted was a drink of water. We all come to work for this organization. We wear blue, red, whatever you wear, black, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're supposed to be one. And I said that's the perfect world, right? Yeah. But we, we do, we, we, we do. in essence, we work for a city mm-hmm. that pays all of us to do a service, mm-hmm. provide a product, whatever it is that we offer <laughs> our citizens, right? Yeah. So we should all be able to come into this place where we spend a third of our lives, a third mm-hmm. of our lives, but I shouldn't have to come and be uncomfortable. 
No, I, it's I not your house. It's not your house. It's not my house. It's all of our houses that the city has allowed us to be in to take care of the citizens. So we should all be comfortable at some point and or, or meet in the middle. Right. That's, that's and where so I was going to go. That, that's kind of where that's kind of where you, what, what you talk about comfortability and what you say, hey, we're all on the same team. But if we're on the same team, that's where we have to act. So you said, how do we change that? How do we get there? Mm-hmm. We have to one. We have to care about each other. You know what I'm saying? We have to um, learn to. It's almost like a marriage. We got to learn to accept each other's differences. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We got to learn to accept uh, um, accept each other's difference. We, we're there for 24 hours. Then we go away for 48 this 24 hours let's just respect each other do the best we can and let's get out here and serve our community to the best of our ability and i think we'll everything will be well but Mm -hmm. the magic thing is you said people will be people (laughs) (laughs) so and we have had this conversation the ability to agree to disagree and like you said it's 24 hours 24 you ever do a 24 with us well, I did a 24 with no, him, I said, it was us. 18 years ago. Yeah, I, I, said, know, I, I, had, <laughs> I had a great time. One of the best days I've ever had on the fire department. He don't even remember. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JG. I'm sorry, Cal. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You watched a movie when you hung bro. out. See, see, I'm so sorry. You're just another sub. No, I, was, no, I never, treat, sub I never treat anybody as a sub. Hey, listen, I treat people with respect no matter. I, listen, hey, sub or not, I never used that to abuse it. I never did. I've always was welcoming. That's awesome. That doesn't seem like it. I don't know. No, There's so many of them. You know how many people that come through? There it is. There it is. Hey, G, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. I apologize. I apologize. Nah, you're That's all good, man. I, that was uh, during the time where there was a lot of us, and we were oh yeah, just rotating door. through. I mean, it's like even it after now, us, though. it was a revolving door. Yeah, of, of new people coming in, and well, I mean, I mean think of how it people is. I don't remember working with sure. And yeah. I mean, I feel bad. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and think of how it is now with the overtime and the mandatory. I mean, yeah, you could be yeah. working with somebody like. I've worked with people I haven't seen since I came out of the academy. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sitting yeah. across the table from them and have a conversation. I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were in the academy together. Oh, no, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's bad. His defense, he got knocked out in the academy and messed his uh, yeah, okay, uh, memory yeah. up. Okay. Um, he saw a bloody foot. And- that's <laughs> <laughs> that that did happen. I had the scar to prove it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that's probably why you didn't remember those guys. Yeah. I bet you that's remember it. everybody in your class. I, right? I remember everybody. I'm telling me too. Yeah. Come on, JG. No, you know you can't. You can't do that. Damn, where I know him from. Yeah. Well, and then you know what? It was it was that 12 year old that punched him in the face too. <laughs> <laughs> that's that probably didn't help. Yeah, there was a period where I did a lot of mixed martial arts, and I wasn't so great at dodging. No, so, got you, huh? He, he, he went to the Rocky Balboa school where you just keep taking the punishment take him, and just take keep him. moving forward and wind up with the brain damage. Yeah, Rocky but, five. I, but I won, though, better than Rocky. He he lost. I won all my fights. Where are you going to be See here, he lost. 10 years from now? <laughs> <laughs> 20 years now. But I won. <laughs> I won, though. I don't remember him, but right, I won. I won. <laughs> No, but, we, but we, we've had that argument with the uh, temperature in the station for years because mm-hmm. he wants it hot. I want it cold. So and, and one station, it got, it got bad at one station, but there was other people involved. 
But you got to hit that middle. 74, 75 is too hot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 64 is too cold. I, I'll, I'll admit that's way too cold. Yeah. I shouldn't see my breath. You know, mine is my, my, my comfortability, I think, because um, I, could, I could do 72, 73. I sleep with a fan all year long, me and my wife, you know, since I was a kid. So I could turn the fan on. I'll be okay. Um, but I think for a station, maybe 69 to 70, 71. I, I, you I, know. 68 to 70. It's about your sweet spot. You know, so I think that's 69. the sweet spot. 69, 70. Yeah. 70, I think. <laughs> 70 is the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm telling you. 70 is still in the hot range. You got to go to the cool range. Where got it's a cool range. 69 and a half. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, man. But these, so tell me, do you keep your thermostat at 64 at home in the wintertime? Just curious. I don't no, know. I, I won't keep it at 64 at the station either, though. I'm telling. I just. I want to know that. So in, that's in, something in, that our, I in our house, know. it's between sixty-eight and seventy in the winter. In, in the summer, about seventy, seventy-one in the winter. Is it on heat or cool in the winter? It, it'll be on heat. It'll be on heat. Yeah. But at the stations, they have it on cool at sixty-four. Yeah. No, that's I'm, what I. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those are the things that 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 that. I won't do that. Those yeah. are things we have to battle. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, that why was, do we have to do that? My, my, do y'all do that at home? No. You know what I'm saying? You know they don't. Yeah, so, okay. But see, I'd rather have it a little bit colder in the winter still. I'll, we'll throw blankets on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll make the argument I never do it. But, like, we, we can cuddle. You got to cuddle with her now. So even when it's in the 60s in the house, I'm still hot as fuck. See, Rachel and I I, have, just, I run hot. Wow. And Rachel and I have that argument. Whenever I was single and had my own house and lived alone, like I barely turned my air conditioner on. Like really? hardly ever. I had ran my ceiling fan. That was fine. So it'd be like 80 degrees in my house and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sitting here watching TV. Really? I'm fine." No way. Yeah. Well, so I grew up in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. We did not have air conditioning until I was 16 years old. Yeah, you got Tim, I already know. I yeah. have relatives down in this in the so, south, man. And then for heat, we had a wood-burning fireplace. Yeah. So, I mean, and that was in the living room. Yeah. Heat didn't make it to Y'all the bedroom. Back. <laughs> <laughs> so, it had an electric blanket, and, you know, it was, it was fine. But, yeah, the air conditioning thing, like, even, like, my wife and I still will kind of go back and forth on it a little bit, because in the summertime, she wants the house at, like, 72, 73 degrees. I'm like, no, it's too cold. Yeah. It's 90 degrees outside. I want it to be close to 80 in here i don't wow. i don't like a big temperature difference between inside and outside because if it's too cool inside whenever i've come in from being hot then i'm cold yeah and if it's too warm in here whenever i come in from being outside then that's uncomfortable yeah. so see that's what that, that's where that compromise and come in yeah well it's compromised that she wins yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I ain't right, exactly. <laughs> I'll argue at the station all day about yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing about it. Here. You smart man, you smart yeah. man. <laughs> That's awesome. I just, I, I, I just didn't like the river, man. I wore it down over time. Now where we're at. Yeah, no. Like I said, man, if you're cold, throw a blanket on. And we do it. The I do it at the house too. Even the summertime, I'm like a little cold in here. Throw a blanket on. Man, I'm a so, yeah, but, but an hour later, but I'm talking hot talking about all this though leads us back to that whole being able to communicate with each other and compromise, mm-hmm. and then know that yeah, okay, we're not going to agree on everything. We have different backgrounds, different sure. upbringings. Yeah. Ultimately, that stuff, yes, it matters, but does it really? In the grand scheme of things, 
Because aren't we more similar than we are dissimilar? Aren't we all here for the same reason? Or shouldn't we all be at the station for the same reason? Sure. Yes. Yes. Providing a service. Without a doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Providing a a service, you know, protecting our community. Mm -hmm. Like, why is, why do we make it so hard? People are going (laughs) to be people. So now, even, even in being people, we just have to learn to respect each other. You know what I'm saying? When Mm -hmm. we talk about this for that 24 hour period, that's where you talked about leaders. Mm-hmm. That's where those leaders come in at. And when I say leaders, I'm not just saying those people that are in position because there are some firefighters that are great leaders, right? <clears throat> Leadership uh, at every level. Yes, at every level, right? Uh, if you have a, 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 a great leader in your station, you'll notice those people that are, have the influence, those are really the leaders. Mm-hmm. You have those people that have that, in, whether they're good or bad. Yeah. You know what we call good or bad. You know it's all relative, but yeah. those people that uh, that 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 has the most influence at your stations or in life, wherever they are, those are your leaders. Yeah. They don't have to be in a position of authority or anything like that. So, yeah. if we want to uh, fix things at the station, those are the people that we really have to get involved with or get them involved in the political aspect of the job. If we want to change the job, right. As a whole, we got to get those leaders. Um, People want, they want to know that value, right. Mm -hmm. When we were in the DEI uh, workshop, you talk about values in there, right? Mm -hmm. So people are going to do what they value, right? If I value you, I'm going to make sure you're Okay. Make sure you're you're comfortable if I value you, right? Uh, if I don't, I give two craps. Hey, listen, we like it this way. This is what we're going to do or whatever, right? But so we have to get to those influencers in the stations or on the job, however, wherever we get to them, and uh, have them to take the message, right? Um, that's why the next workshop, I think we need to, we need to, um, bring more in from the stations because it'll be probably be the same people at those workshops. I've only been to um, in that DEI space uh, three times. That was my third time there. But now I'll come back and I'll okay. come back and I'll come back. I, th- I thought the one we did was really good. And yeah. I've ever since then I've been preaching it to everybody. Yeah, so that's what we have I, to I do. I bring that. it up. I bring it up in conversation, mm-hmm. or I'll just start the conversation with it. Yeah. Like you need to come. You need to hear this the message and. So watch Cause, this. Because it wasn't the message that had been preached for years in the media. Sure. It was a totally different message. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. So we got to, even, uh, we say we, we need to, hey, come on out, man. Come come join us. Let's make a difference in, in, in what we want to do, right? Uh, we may have to go as far as, hey, I'm coming to pick you up. You're going to be ready at this time. <laughs> hey, let's roll. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. So th- that's a part of that. You can start if, banging on doors. Yeah. You got to get buy-in. Yeah. So That's the hard to, part. to affect change on the department-wide <clears throat> level, mm-hmm. you have to get buy-in on every level mm-hmm. from a majority of the people, right? And it, like he said, you know, the, the message that has been passed around and preached for that kind of stuff is not what we heard when we went there. Sure. It was totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 100% and different. Sitting in those work groups and, you know, having those conversations about – Hey, we want this. We want accountability. We want standards. We want, you know, I'm like, yeah, 
that's what we all want. Mm -hmm. Why are we struggling so hard to make that happen? You know, we could talk off camera about department specifics and stuff, but it's like everybody needs to somehow, we need to get everybody on board Mm -hmm. with the idea that we're here, we are one team, we have a mission. And I think that's kind of fallen by the wayside Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think, you know, to kind of tie this in a little bit to mental health, that's part of the problem is because we have lost focus of our goal. And people, whenever you don't have a mission, don't have a goal, and you're this type of personality where you kind of need that, Mm -hmm. things start to fall off. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, when you say um, lose focus of the goal, I think we have to somehow, some way in the academy, first as a job, what we did at the workshop, we got to figure out what our mission is, mm-hmm. what we what we want to accomplish as a department. We, for the most part, everybody know we want we're here to help serve, provide a service to our citizens. But we need when you say one team, mm-hmm. I don't know that we've been one team. In the concept that you're saying, right? When you say one team, one dream. Hey, this is what we stand for, and everybody coming out of the academy should know we stand for this, and this is our mission. It should be in stations, all stations, right? So now that's when you talk about one. When when we have this goal in mind is to provide a service to the best of our whatever our mission is going to be. Everybody needs to know that that's one. We haven't had that. Yeah. We you know we talk about cultural issues now mm-hmm. um that's what that's what we've been having mm-hmm. sit down shut up this is how we do things uh and now we're transitioning and trying to move away from that and now we're a softer department because we're respecting others and their feelings and all of that change is hard we're not the only one going through it it's, it's across the country is happening right yeah. Yeah. um <clears throat> but uh i think that if we're going to change something, I like that. The goal, I, I, I say it like, keep the main thing the main thing. We got to remember to keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? So now when we come into the stations, we should see what the main thing is when we walk in every station in the city. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we, we need to talk about. I think it needs to hang over the kitchen table because where do you spend most of your time? Yeah, I think yeah. we need to talk about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because now, when you say, what's our dream, you can go to station whatever. You can go to station whatever up there. I, don't, I ain't going to say no numbers because I don't know yeah. what. But you yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. we should all be singing the same song. Yep. As a department. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can still have your station pride and do what you do. Call yourselves whatever you call yourselves. But at the end, what's our main objective? What's our goal? What's our mission? What do we value? Right. That should be in somewhere in these stations on the back of rigs, on the back of the cheese buggies. Right. Yeah. I'm not opposed. Yeah. I mean, that's how we're going to the city's going to know what we value, what what our mission. Let's put that out there. Are we really serious about that, about making a change? Yeah. Those are the things that we need to do. Well, and and think about the trickle down of that. So we start more of us start having pride in our jobs. Mm -hmm. We start being one team, one mission. Mm -hmm. We're blasting that everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. We have higher job satisfaction. Then what happens? People start telling, hey, man, 
I've had a great time. I'm, you know, this job is the best job in the world. You should apply. And then we get more people applying mm -hmm. and more quality candidates coming in. I mean, who knows where it could lead? Yeah. It's the softer thing. So, I mean, we have a, <clears throat> we have a hard job. I, and I, I, you do need to respect people and their feelings to an extent. Because we still have a job to do. We still have a chain of command. Mm -hmm. And it needs, to be, it needs to be understood. I'm not giving you an order because I don't like you. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you an order because this is what we got to do. Fine, that comes with you. You know what I mean? And that's, it, it seems like that's being taken out a little bit. Uh -uh, in, I don't. In place for, by, not by everybody. Okay. But I, I've watched it. And it's, well, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'll go do it. No, motherfucker. That's their job. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, okay. That's it, though. That, that, <laughs> listen, I'm not we saying have, take that away. We for a reason. And, you know, like, so we go on a call. I'm there to watch, right? So we get a fire. I'm not touching that fucking nozzle. That's not my job anymore. My job is to keep you safe. But it is your job at a certain extent because we still have to coach and teach and show. And then once you've built those guys up, the firefighters, that is, um, to be able to handle the situation, now I sit back and I do the overlooking. But, right? you, but you can't learn how to be on a nozzle unless you're on a nozzle. Right. And I hated captains that were like that when I was new. I was like, nope, I have the nozzle. Well, how am I supposed to learn? Teach me. So I'll say this. And so I'm, I'm in their hip. Yes. I'm right there with them. It's uh -huh. not like I'm like, hey, go and put that out. I'm going to go over here. No, no, no. We're going in together. You're on the nozzle. I'm going to make you uncomfortable because uh -huh. I was uncomfortable. Uh -huh. And now I'm comfortable. Right. So, but this is the deal. And uh, you're there teaching them. When you talk about a good leader, and um, I think that you, you take them with you, you show them, they take you with them, with you, they take you with them. That was a tongue twister, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 That's a tongue twister. They take you with them. You go with them. Now they show you that they can do that. And then they go and they begin taking other people with them and showing the way. Now you don't have to show all the firefighters. Now your fire, your lead firefighters are going to show other guys. And now, you know what? You've just duplicated yourself. But when you say, hey, I'm the, I'm, I'm the captain. Uh, your job is to go do this. They may not be very good at it. Right. And so now, hey, let me show you how to do this. Like teaching my daughter. Babe, this is how you merge on the highway. I'll show her. Now your turn. You go out here and she's going to go out here. No, nope, you didn't do it right. You got to do it this way. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I, I'm not saying um, take the power back from the captains or the leaders or wh whatever. What I'm saying is I think that uh, a, a good leader, remember we talk about influencers. Hey, let me influence you on how to fight this fire, how to go a little deeper and not be like I had a good captain. I won't say his name. He, he taught me how to handle some heat. Cap, my knees are burning. Crouch. Cap, it's burning my nose. The, the, the rubber in my mask burning my nose. You might see it's a little light right here. I got burnt. I had a blister right there. Cap, breathe, relax. We're going to see how much heat you can take. <laughs> like, I'm going to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> right? Hey, no, I'm serious. But he, he showed me in the process um, how to handle that heat, how much I could take. I had tiger stripe on my arm. I got, you know, had blisters on my, my shoulder here. Right. But he, he let me know how much because he took me in. So now when I'm in with a firefighter, you're going to be all right. Breathe, relax. Let's get this right. You got now he had, uh, uh, he showed me how to be confident and mm -hmm. assured me. Right. I got in the fire with, at, at, 
at a fire station. <laughs> flames all around us, man. It, 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 it was hot. I, I, some flames came around the corner. I didn't even see. Then the captain said, hey, let me get that nozzle. He took the nozzle, and we went and beat the beast over there, right? And uh, the captain that I learned from was the captain before this captain I was with at that time. And the captain uh, that I was with, he burned his face. We took some heat. But you know what? I remember to stay calm. I'm telling him, Cap, let's get down. Down, Cap. I'm down. Down, Cap. I tell the story to everybody. Down. And and he didn't get down as low as I was. But he was in there fighting that joker. But I didn't take the beating that he took. Yeah. Right? So I'm saying as as a leader, and we got to show him first that, that y- you have that responsibility as a supervisor yeah. to, to show him. And now you can back up and you can supervise, do your job. Because now I know they know what they're doing. And, that, they and that's, that's why you're right there with them. Yep. Yeah, so you, you teach you're teaching them as you're going along. Sure, like I'm not opposed to showing first, and it kind of goes back to how I learned. So like when I, when I was doing the medic stuff, so so I, I go through medic school. <clears throat> now I'm getting credentialed. Mm-hmm. Sit there and watch. Make sure I don't fuck up. That's how I got to do this. But you was being credentialed. I was, so, but I'm still learning how to be a medic. I, th- I know book medic. Uh-huh. I don't I, know field medic. It's two I, different things. I think the the thing is you have to know your people. Sure. And you have to know, okay, is this a person that I can give the nozzle to and just be right there with them and just point out some things and they're going to be okay? Or is this somebody that I'm going to have to show this to? Mm-hmm. And you, I think the only way you find that out is – through training, yep, going out there doing yeah, evolution training—it's a four-letter word, man. Uh, yeah, I know. But going <laughs> going through. <laughs> Tell evolu- me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> going through evolution, you have to know your people, and that that goes back to the conversation that we've had multiple times about setting people up for success. And you know, I'm a big fan of the crawl, walk, run mm-hmm. method of training. You know, you start at the very bottom level, then. You just advance, advance, advance mm-hmm. until they're proficient at whatever it is they need to do. But you have to know where their crawl is at. Mm-hmm. So, and everybody, like we've talked about, everybody's an individual. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to teach everybody the exact same way because everybody doesn't learn, learn the, same the same way. way right. So you can you can see it in their eyes. <clears throat> when you walk in, like, hey, I don't know how you guys run things. I'm not here to change anything. But if we get a fire, you get the nozzle. You can see it in their eyes. That they're going to be comfortable with it or not. That tells me what I need to know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to be on this nozzle. That's fine. But I still, you're going to be in my hip, but I'm going to teach you then. But if you see their eyes and they want it, okay, you got it. I, but I'm still right there with you. Because that's how I learned. It was, here's the nozzle, let's go. Now, if you get somebody who just got out of the academy, no, you're not going to give them the nozzle. Because you got you've got more teaching to do sure. before then, but you can see a lot just by certain things. You just got to pay attention, read the body language, because most people in this career field aren't going to tell you, "I don't want the nozzle." No, 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 because mm-hmm. nobody wants to have that reputation that comes with that. But body language and eye contact and all that stuff tells you a lot. Just got to pay attention. Sure. Isn't that what I just said about knowing your people? Is that what you just said. I broke it down for other people. <laughs> yeah, there you go, baby. <laughs> Jeremy talks like he's snooty. I talk like a real person. <laughs> Jeremy said, like, I went to a class once, 
and I stayed at Holiday Inn that night, I talk for regular folks. <laughs> are you my? I'm your you're interpreter. My, you're, you're my Luther. You're my translator. Key and Peel, come on. Key and Peel. <laughs> Am I the only one that yeah. remembers that guy? I, I do remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch a whole lot of Key and Peel. Yeah, I've I I seen a little I've bit. Seen of clips. <laughs> If it's not on TikTok, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I see the I keep feel so, I laugh. So that was back when Obama was president and uh who was it? P Jordan Peel what played Obama. I remember and, that one. Uh-huh. And uh Keegan Michael Key played Luther, his uh anger interpreter. So he get up and every yeah. yeah, yeah, he yeah, broke he it down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I do remember seeing <laughs> that though. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not that angry. I'm not yelling. That's funny. Okay. I don't yell. I talk in a loud, authoritative manner. A lot. Okay. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, because I'm right. Look at you guys. Take my water now. Teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork right there. <laughs> we, we argue a lot, but shit works for some reason. Don't yeah. know why. Well, we so we were on the same crew... What, the first time for seven years? Something like that. Yeah. Between we, six and almost eight. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I don't know. But we got to the point where we worked together for so long, we didn't really have to talk on calls. Mm-hmm. We just kind of knew, he's going to do this, I'm going to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just- How it worked. Made it yeah. work, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. Just, Synergy. Yeah. Fluid as fluid could be. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Even at fires, it was that way. Yeah. Especially apartment fires. You know what? And you're by yourself <laughs> in 110 degree heat before the fire, and you're the truck and he's the pumper. Yeah. And then you, where you at? Yeah. Oh, so are you? Switch, <laughs> then you switch halfway through. Yeah. I was like, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. And I can't reach anymore either. <laughs> that is the, that's the one time where I was like seriously concerned whenever we came out and he took his face piece off and I was like, oh, you're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It started getting black. Like I was like, oh, uh-oh. 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 Yeah. And then, then it came back and I was like, okay, I just need some water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drink some water, change your socks. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. It's like I need five. I took my coat off and that was huge. Yeah. I was like, oh, I feel so good now. A temperature change, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was massive. Like, it was hot that day. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was middle of August. Yeah, we, we've all yeah. been Middle there. of the day. Now, <laughs> everybody hadn't been there, but for the most part, yeah. we've been there. If you worked it, yeah. you know, yes, yeah. yes, for some time, you're going to get it. And yeah. that's, that's, yeah, it was just us. Yeah. For a while. Nice. Well, it was, it was right after, I don't know if you remember, whenever we did the big push for Incident Command, where the captain would stay, stay outside. outside and command the yeah. yeah. So, it's a three-story apartment. And it's on whoop ass. Mm. And we take the hand line, go up second floor where it started. We're in there. Everybody else, every other company goes to the third floor. Mm. And it was just, y'all it had, was just us. Y'all are the beast. Y'all are the beast. You two are the beast. <laughs> I, I figured out people use spools as coffee tables. Right. Yeah. yeah that was that, that fun, one threw me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you got do the dog thing where you cock your head to the side. Hmm? Like, why, huh. why are you laying down now? Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to breathe right now. Just, <laughs> this mask is cutting off my airflow. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> 
Oh, so what else, man? Let's uh, let's keep it going. So, um, a, a hot topic. You mm-hmm. kind of um, hinted at it when you talked about um, mental awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in a workshop, yeah. And you brought it up, and yeah. that ended up being the best thing, mm-hmm. you know, because that's important. Yeah. And I'm, I'll be the first to say <clears throat> that I've had some issues, uh, even from a childhood growing up where I grew up at, and things like that. Um, having several friends um, get shot, right, and having to endure those kind of pains, you know, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, ran to some depression, you know, at an early age. Yeah. And now it's um, the awareness is getting out. A lot of people finding ways to release stress. Mm-hmm. But I remember at a time I didn't have that. It was just my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, babe, we, we at the table. She praying and crying with me. You're going to be all right, but we go to no dog therapist. You know, the black community, <laughs> the black community, you crazy. You know, you think. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You crazy? You think like that? So I, I used to think, man, am I crazy? Am I going crazy? What's going on? You know what I mean? But it's just stress, yeah. you know. Um, and it was uh, some things that was going on in my life that that brought all of that stress on and caused me to go into depression. I had a black cloud follow me, man, for I bet seven months nonstop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm saying this to to say, having experienced that, you know, I wouldn't take it back or trade it for nothing in the world because it, uh, those uh, stresses help me to be who I am today. And it's helped me, man, so much on the job, especially when I was a young firefighter, you know, when it seemed like um, panic attacks started when I got on the job, it seemed like everybody started having it. I'm like, Oh, I'm not the only one. So now I was able to coach and help some of our patients to mm-hmm. get through. You know what I mean? Relax, yeah. calm down. You know, you you having a panic attack. At that time, nobody knew what it was. Everybody was freaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seemed like a heart just, attack. It seemed like it, yeah, having yeah. a heart attack. It mm-hmm. seemed like it just hit the community, man, all of a sudden. And me having gone uh, gone through what I went through allowed me to help people in that time of their life when they were experiencing that. Right? Makes sense? Yeah. And so yep. uh, Absolutely. now I just think that more people still because there are still some people that are going through and don't know why they're going through what they're going through and since we're being open about it and 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 it's in the forefront of it's on the news all the time now you know what i mean so uh commercials you know are are, are talking about it so i think that we still need to get that message out you know to let people know it's okay that you're going through you know there's that help is on the way i like um Dr. Strother, I think that's his name, David Strother. Mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. hearing him talk because he's so point blank, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, talking right, about keeping you know it real, I'm like <laughs> keeping it real. You know yeah. what I mean? He puts it out there, so uh, he, he speaks like we do. Yeah, I'm he telling you, like a bunch of firemen in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so uh, I think that uh, that that's a good thing if we can all. I ain't gonna say just be sensitive to it, where you know we're like, oh, foo foo woo woo or whatever. But hey, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to feel that way, but let's get you some help. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. and I, I think that's the key to it of acknowledging, hey, this is something that it, I'm not going to say everybody, mm-hmm. but a large percentage of us will deal with mm-hmm. at some point in our career. Sure. And for the longest time, you know, we had a bunch of those, you know, to use a big word, maladaptive coping strategies 
you know, alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's becoming evident. It probably always was evident that those things don't work in the long run. But yeah, it's, yeah, you have this issue. You can recover from it. Mm -hmm. You can get better. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the conversation that I think is talked about, but it's not, I think it needs to be more in the forefront Mm -hmm. of that growth phase afterwards you know the the, especially when you're talking about ptsd and stuff you Mm -hmm. talk about post-traumatic growth Mm -hmm. of you went through these situations you were able to come out the other side stronger (laughs) more resilient that was the weakest sneeze no it was a it was a stifled (laughs) yawn like a little cat (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't even a sneeze it was more of a snort it was like a was, yawn that kind of went away. And I, I was making a great point, and you just messed it all up. So, But coming out the other side and being able, like you said, of, hey, you know, I went through this as a kid, and then whenever I got on the job, I was able to recognize that in people that I was running, patients, mm-hmm. and being able to, I mean, not necessarily be a therapist for mm-hmm. them, but in the moment, yep. being able to help them mm-hmm. and say, hey, okay, this is what, you know, this is what's happening. Take a breath. Mm-hmm. Do this. Do because you went through it, and we're able to come out the other side. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what needs to be pushed more to the forefront. Now, I do think there's situations, and it everybody's an individual, mm-hmm. but there are times whenever someone has just stacked so much and so much and so much that, yeah, they're going to get through it, and they're going to come out the other side. But it may be the best thing for them to leave. Mm-hmm. The profession. Mm-hmm. Because why keep exposing yourself because of the things that you've seen? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that needs to be part of the conversation too. And there's no shame in that. Sure. Of going, you know what? I did my time, whether it be 10 years or 15 years or five years, whatever. Mm-hmm. This job isn't for everybody. Sure. So let me ask this. You know, I, uh, Dr. Stroud to talk about the boxes, about the boxes and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> to your point, do you think that you can a person can knock off so many boxes, open those boxes where they can continue a career? Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah. But, I, so the way that I, I've heard it explained a million different ways mm-hmm. of sometimes, you know, people use the analogy of it's a cup. And, you know, you got a drip of, you know, all your trauma and all the things you see and all that stuff. And eventually that cup overfills. Sure. So you can dump that cup out by doing the things that you you need to do to keep it from spilling over. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely possible. And I think for a vast majority of people, that's That's what happens. That's what happens. Yeah. Is you're able to find those coping skills that you need that's going to work best for you. Mm Mm-hmm that allow you to continue in the profession until it's time to retire, mm-hmm. like your natural retirement. Mm-hmm, sure. For some people, I think they come in, they come into these professions, whether it be the fire service, the police department, the military, whatever, they've already got boxes stacked to the ceiling mm-hmm. because of childhood trauma um, and just various things. Sure. And they start stacking the job trauma on top of it. And then the trauma of just day-to-day life, mm-hmm. you know, the dealing with your spouse, your kids, your, you know, your dogs, whatever it is, you know, yeah. 
And I think they're already so far behind the eight ball. And maybe they're just not that resilient of a person. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's no shame in that. Sure. Have the self-awareness. And I think. To know when it's time. To know when it's time. Mm -hmm. It's like the the athlete that stays too long. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times did Michael Jordan retire and come back? Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah, it's time. Like, you should have never came back and played for the Wizards. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. You know, but he loved the game, man. He loved the game. He loved the game. But the game don't love you back. (laughs) (laughs) At some point, huh? Yeah. At some point, it's time to go. Now, and I think it's kind of arbitrary for us to say, sit here and go, if you don't make it 25, you know, or if you don't make it 28 or 32 or Mm -hmm. whatever, that's an arbitrary number. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody comes in and they do five years and that's all they can do. Yeah. Okay. That's all they could do. That's it. Yeah. And it, to be quite honest, you know, with the way that the job market is right now and the way people, the younger generation, are looking at jobs, mm-hmm. they're looking at them as jobs, not, not career. careers. Yeah, not a career. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea that you're going to get this magical number of years out of somebody I think that's pretty much gone by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Now, will it ever turn around and come back? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's a societal issue. Mm-hmm. But if we get five good years out of somebody, I'm good with that mm-hmm. because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Am I wrong? What you thinking about over there? Call volume. Think about it. I mean, when... So the call volume's gone up significantly in the last five years. Mm-hmm. It what goes up was it twelve percent a year? Not the number. No, I don't know. I don't know. So and I know I think I, I'm pretty sure it's a double digit number that goes up every increases or maybe mm-hmm. it's eight percent or it's right there. But you're running more calls now in five years than guys used to run in ten or fifteen. And I think that plays a factor in what's going on. Especially when it comes to mental health. You're exposed to a lot more, so it doesn't take you as long to fill your cup. And it's harder to empty your cup because you're still working and you're still adding more. So you might dump out a quarter of the cup, but and between your next appointment, which is hard to get in and schedule these, <clears throat> you just added another half. That's, that's a thought. And so that's where those, um, um, I'll say self exercises come in at that you learn from Mm -hmm. the therapist, you know, where you, that will hold you over, you know, until you get, but, but I, and and those are great. I think, I think people should do them, but I think an added benefit is having your leadership, whether it's, you know, your unofficial leaders or your ranked leaders being able to recognize and help. Mm-hmm. You know, and you being open about it as well. I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's a whole bunch of different things that have to come together, sure, to make it work the right way. You know what? Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you another exp- uh, experience I had with uh, another firefighter on the job. We had a, a traumatic um, incident that happened my first Christmas on the job, where a family was uh, killed on the highway, and so that bothered me for my first five years on the job. I would never drive that way at nighttime. In the daytime, it was cool, right off 435. But at night, 
I couldn't go by that place, right? <clears throat> so I had got promoted uh, driver, and I was, I guess I was driver for some time. Maybe I was working overtime. Nope, I was uh, WOCN. And so I, I went out to a station I was WOCN, and the the driver at that time, he was WOCN as well. He was uh, in the class. He came on the class after me. So we both were on the same incident, right? Mm-hmm. And so somehow, some way, we got on that conversation, and we talked about it. And he said it bothered him the same. He said, it, he said you know what? What helped me? He was a poetry. He, he wrote poetry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you know what helped me? He, he wrote a um a poem and he said it at this place in the, in, the, in midtown. He said, after he said it uh, at that place, he said it freed him. I said, man, you got to let me hear it. Uh, I said, well, you got no book. That is it. You can say it. <laughs> He's like, no, I got the CD in my car. It was at CDs back then. <laughs> CDs back then. Can you believe we, we, we said, yep. remember CDs? Yep. <laughs> he would have he got the CD out of his car, man. And I tell you, he played it. I heard it. It was like magic. After listening to that, my box was, I, I think, not diminished. It was gone because after that, I could ride down 435 and think about it, look over there, and not have any issues with it, right? Yeah. From that day or that night, because it was that night when it happened, um, from that night when he brought that CD in that station to this day, I don't have, I've never had an issue with riding by that spot on 435. Well, and that's part of it is sitting there and talking to somebody, yep. you know, and saying, okay, we were on the same call and it bothered me. Yep. And being okay with having that conversation. Uh-huh. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yep. Like we sit here and we talk about, you know, culturally competent therapists and these recovery programs mm-hmm. and all this stuff. That's way downstream mm-hmm. from what needs to be happening is communicating at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Talking and being open to having these kind of conversations and mm-hmm. saying and being honest with each other and going, yes, that, that happened. sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a bad call. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And for people to feel comfortable with having those conversations mm-hmm. and being honest. Mm-hmm. And it was freeing to me, man. When I just, yeah. we, we had that conversation, it was freeing, you know what I mean? It was a life-changing event in my mm-hmm. life, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and things happen for a reason, but I wonder, I, I don't wonder, and I, but if I wouldn't have talked to him about that that night and we didn't share that information, what would the next two, three years be like if we didn't have that conversation? Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been more of the same. You know? And potentially could have snowballed. Yeah. Exactly. So, because so, <clears throat> that seems to be kind of the the progression of, you know, it's like David talked about of, you know, you got that one box and then you get another box mm-hmm. because you didn't deal with this box. So, okay, I'm not going to deal with this box either. Mm-hmm. And then you start stacking them. Piling up on you. <laughs> and pretty pretty soon you got a whole storage unit full of boxes. <laughs> now you're trying to figure out how to get rid of this yep, mess. <laughs> yep. And they're all leaky and uh. yeah. They're cardboard. Not the good cardboard, the old cardboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wet on the bottom. Soggy. Just got to throw a match in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the right option, Chris. Why would you say that? What do you think therapy is? When you go and talk about it and you deal with your problems, you're getting rid of your boxes. I don't think they're blowing them up. No, but you're, you're burning you're them You're burning out. them. 
I think they just. I think they just walking them out. <laughs> yeah. I'm playing. No, no. Hey, because you see, can believe that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's just it's a different way of seeing it. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna carry them out one by one, and I'm just gonna let it progressively burn out. Mm-hmm. But you're still getting to the same point of an empty storage unit. Sure. Yeah. But do you ever get to an empty one? Well, yeah, I mean, you got some ashes. You got to sweep it out. That's your tune up. The residue still there though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's always know, gonna be. It's there. life. Yeah. It's, are you calling life? Are you calling Serve Pro? <laughs> no, I'm gonna get the power washer out. And <laughs> Who's gonna clean it up? <laughs> Who's gonna clean this mess up? <laughs> throw, throw some bleach down and yeah, well, scrub and it th- clean. I mean, but, but that's what you're doing. You're 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 continually continuously working to clear that space out. Yeah. Well, and I and think it's never it's never gonna be clear. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest here. Yeah. You're gonna go through stuff even after you retire. Things are gonna happen. Well, and I think that's a... You still got to deal with it, and you're given the tools to deal with it, whether it's a dolly and you carry stuff out, or if you're going to light that cardboard box on fire to get rid of it, and then sweep out the ash. I mean, either way, you're still going to have stuff left, because a wet cardboard box leaves shit on the ground. (laughs) We've all moved them. Yeah. But you just continually keep working and cleaning that area out. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's the good, or a very good point of... It's a never-ending process. It doesn't stop. Because especially if you continue in the career field, Mm -hmm. you're going to see more stuff. Right. I mean, that's just, that's the fact of the matter. Sure. So you have to continually be working. It's not a, oh, I went once and I'm fixed. Yeah, 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 dog. No, you might have fixed that issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) But guess what? (laughs) What's behind curtain number two? (laughs) But even when you retire, it's still there. I mean, you're going to see things in the news. You're going to drive past areas. Even if you move to another city, like, you know, Dave was talking about, we all move. Or yeah. A large portion of firefighters leave the city that they worked in. But those other cities still have the same issues. You just don't see them there. You're just no, taking but, them but, with you. <laughs> but you're taking yours with you. But now you're going to be exposed to what that city's, and it's gonna, you're going to see a big fire on the, on the news or whatever, or on your Facebook or whatever. And you're just gonna you're gonna remember one of the big fires you had, so it's still there. Well, yeah. When but I see it, I'm I'm gonna I'm be like, man, I bet they having fun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know how you see that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, hey, I remember we. But, but, <laughs> but not everybody sees it that way. Yeah, well, true, see, that's true. But that's the goal, though, is you can see that kind of stuff, and it's not going to be attached. Those memories aren't going to be attached to the same emotions. That's the point of therapy and recovery. Is you? Yeah, you're still going to remember stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff is, I mean, hopefully you're going to remember all of it until the day you die. It's getting the emotions that are attached to it disconnected. That's the goal. And I, I, I don't think that we'll remember everything, you know how I many calls we've run over the yeah. years. Yeah, you, you know, know what saying? I'm saying. The gory stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it was, a, I, I don't That's know if this I happened forgot. to you guys. It's, um, early in, our, in my career, you know, you run these calls and it's all, gory you want to see the gory stuff you come back you be thinking about them you can't eat you know what i mean yep. you're like oh and then i don't remember when i maybe i bet you probably my third fourth year is when i could run a call it could be as bad as can be and i'll come back and eat don't even think about it anymore did when, when would the, did you all have that experience was there a transition where y'all thought about those things We'll be praying for those families and thinking about the kids and everything. And then you come back and you can eat. 
you can go sleep and don't even think about it. Did you all experience uh, that? So I think for for some types of things, yes. Um, kids' calls still bother me. So and I still have to do. Really? You know, I, yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I don't have kids. Yeah. But for me, that's always been kind of like my button. Really? So uh-huh. it's yeah, <clears throat> a lot of people say to, that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Kid, kids always have gotten to me. But yeah, about two years. I was like, eh. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's a GI bleed. We already ate, though. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I threw up on a call. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, was I didn't want to, I didn't know if I should ask <laughs> that. Yeah, that's all right. No, it's not a secret. <laughs> I was I was barred from making yeah. those sandwiches for multiple years yeah. after that. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can eat them now. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it happened 15 years ago. So I hope you can eat it now. Yeah, it was probably a good three, four years where I could eat one. Yeah, but I mean, it, been laying there for three days in it, just having that constant bleed. Dang. And you smell you, before you hit the door, you could smell it. Uh, and then, like he was under, it was summertime, and he was under the covers. Uh, and when the medic walked in, he did that, just wafted everything, and it brought all that smell up. We, we've been there. Uh, we all been there. Uh, uh, <laughs> I had that happen. I, I, I told the guy, I was like, "Hey, you can go. You can go. We'll take care of this. You can go. Get out of here. You can get out of here. We'll take care of this." And the daughter was pregnant, and she couldn't handle it either. Oh. I was like, "You go too. We'll take." And, and all I could think about is, if this was my mom, I would want somebody to help her out in this situation. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what that, that's what I. But I was like, "Hey, go. You go." I said, ma'am, you go. We'll take your <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the bad. job. It was bad. <laughs> that's that's the job, though. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we do that people don't think about. Yep. It's like, oh, I'm not cleaning that. Well, that's kind of our job. Yeah. You yep. know? That's, and that's, that's, what the, that's what a couple guys like, man, you did that? I was like, yeah, man, I mean, that's my job. No, nah, we don't pay for that. We just here to do that. I'm like, hey, it's mm-hmm. no big deal to me. Go ahead. I'll take care of it then. I think that's uh, <laughs> you know, but to I don't know. I don't want to get on the soapbox, but it's one of those things of are we there to serve the community or not? Because we are the we're the people that get called when mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. Yeah, we're the last resort, and we have we are expected to go in with a solution. Mm-hmm. Might not be the right one or the best one, but it's a solution. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that we're called on to do that are quote unquote outside of our scope of what we would, you know, oh, well, we're there for an EMS call or for a, a house fire or a car wreck or whatever. Well, yeah, that's kind of what we do, mm-hmm. but we go beyond that. Yeah. What is it? That's in us that 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 will cause us to take it to that next level. Yeah, right. You know, and like I said earlier, that's why I signed up. You yeah. know, I just I am I, I am a helper. If you if you take my shell off, I think you'll see love and help. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I just I love people. I'm a people person. You know what I mean? Unless you don't love me back, you don't love me back, then I'm not gonna love you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do, I ain't gonna do nothing to hurt you, but you'll show me that love back, you know. Yeah. Okay, you, you over there, that, you know. Yeah. But we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's it's valid though because I think most, 
not all of us, but most of us that go into this career field are like that. Mm-hmm. We want to be of value to our community. Yeah. We want to serve. We want to make our city or our town or whatever a better place. Sure. And this is our way to do that. And I think that gets, it gets lost somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah. You know, you get beaten down with the politics of the job or, you know, of the running the bad calls. Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose your way of why you started doing this in the first, in the first place. place. Yes. And that's where I think we have to be reminded. That's why we got to do. We got to figure out how we can do that. Once we get that mission or that uh, yeah. whatever it is that we need, we got to have a reminder. Like in Notre Dame, when they go playing, you know, and they have that sign, they hit it going out the door. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? This is just a reminder of who we are, yep. what we do. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to figure that out as a, a department. Yep. Right. Every sports team <clears throat> I've ever. I hate Notre Dame. I'm, I just use it as an example. <laughs> I, just, I just use it as an example. Every sports team that I've ever been on has had the same thing. Over the locker room There's door. always something. Yeah, over the locker room door, smack it as we leave the locker room and go out to play. Yeah. Every team has had that. Why, why don't we have that on the fire department? <laughs> <laughs> on our team doors, yeah. huh? Yeah. On our team doors. On our team doors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can put it on all the bay doors. I mean, it's yeah. just you know somewhere I mean? in the station, though, so we can know, you know, what our mission is. I can't wait. I, listen, I'm looking forward to that day. Where I, 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 I think that we're in a good place right now. I think some amazing things are about to happen uh, with the department. Um, I just think that uh, it's, it's going to take some time, mm-hmm. but I – you know what we we are part of that change you know what i mean and we mm-hmm. have to be the the carriers of that you know uh to the people and yeah. i think that once we're better our community is going to be better as well yeah you know what i mean well, well, i think explaining what we're doing or wanting to do will help not just leave it as i don't know how I want to say this fuck it <laughs> Just going and going, DEI, 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 because it turns a lot of people off. Yeah. Because they don't know. Because I was turned off on it to it for a long time until this last one. Because I was like, no, I'm not doing that shit. But this, the last one, I'm like, now I'm in. Because the way it was explained and what we want to do. Mm-hmm. As not just a, a department, but as a service, as a whole. I'm like, I'm in on that. Let's do that. Well, and I think that's where the communication comes in. That's why communication is number one. And then you get buy-in. Still disagree. That's because you're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) What what did our group come up with? Professional development was first. As a whole, that's what we that's Mm -hmm. what we decided. Yep. Professional development, and then what was it? Communication. Communication cooperation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then so Sadie always led it. Is what yeah. Sadie always led. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean. But see, you're not going to get your buy-in or professional development without communicating it properly. It's yeah. all subjective. You can you have, know, but, you can have, it, but you can have professional development all day long. You have the best in the world. But if you don't communicate it the right way, just like in a, a regular conversation, we can, say the same, we can say the same thing, but we say it differently. But what if when you come into this department of professional development is at its best – and so now we're going to communicate that to uh, the cadets. See, so, but it's already built. 
but that, we're, that's we're, we're building it now. But I'm just saying that's what I'm saying because they all have their importance. Yes, they're all they're all very important. But to the entity, I think that, and 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 again, we can agree to disagree. Yeah, you know, uh, as a, as a department, once our professional development is in place, and that's with what it all comes with all the different styles of education and where where it's trying Mm -hmm. to go with it. But if we have that dialed in, now we're able to communicate with those that are coming in because you got to get them at the beginning. You can't get them at the beginning and they don't know what's going on. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where we, that's kind of why we are where we are right now. And I I, I agree with that. What's that crawl, walk, run thing. Yes. You have to start with a foundation, the fundamentals, Tim Duncan, the big, big fundamental. <laughs> One of the greatest basketball players. Was he flashy? No. no. But he did the fundamentals, mm. and he was great. If you don't do the fundamentals. How do you build the fundamentals? By training. How do you, by how do you, professional how, development. How do you build professional development? You're trying to get to communication. communication. Yeah. We got to talk, though. Communication the, is the key that unlocks all the doors. You're, you're, you got to talk. It depends on the communications. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have bad communication. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. going to. Yeah, and you're going to have bad <sighs> professional development. Yeah. And the only way to get to fix those is by communication. So if I'm saying something that's wrong, and everybody's then you need to be trained to say the right so then, thing. Then we have to build the training the right way, which we have to communicate about the training. It all revolves around communication. Communication is key, and you will build the see, best professional. I see what he's trying to get at. I see what he's yeah. yeah he's trying, trying to get at. You got to communicate. Period. That's how you learn yeah. to, to walk, crawl, and all that. Your parents yeah. communicate with and you. And then once we had that professional development, now we're selling it. Now we're not even selling it. We're proving it, and we're doing it with everybody in the department or in the service, and to cadets. So, but I want to go back to what you said. Of uh, it starts in the academy. <laughs> getting that foundation and moving forward because a lot of the problems that the fire service has could be weeded out by what they learn in the academy and knowing what is acceptable and what's not, what the standard is because instead of training cadets to take some standardized test for some kind of certification, actually teach them what the job is. And a lot of academies, they focus solely mm-hmm. on whatever their state test requirement is. And then once they get out in the field, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you it's learned. It's the real world. It's the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, <clears throat> and obviously they still have to be taught to pass the test sure. or yes. whatever. You still need that. You uh-huh. still need that. Mm-hmm. But they need the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm not big it's, on standardized tests anyway. I think they're stupid. Always have, even in school. But this is dumb. That's because you're dumb and you can't follow the standard. You can't meet the no. standard. Don't believe that you're not dumb. I know I'm not dumb. You're smart. You're intelligent. I'm only dumb in one way. You're you know not how that dumb. way is. You're I'm smart. With this fuck you're hard. intelligent, Chris. You're not dumb. I have to keep saying it because I learned that the negative thing. When somebody tells you something negative, you got to come over that thing with about five or ten positive. You are smart. You are brilliant, Chris. I love this man. <laughs> positive reinforcement. Hey, hey, you and me podcast together. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Where where are you going to do said podcast? I don't care. We'll do it outside in the street. <laughs> no, I'm not coming to break this up. No, no, no. I'm not breaking this up. This is a dysfunctional friendship. 
He's this, and I'm functional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, funny. But, no, I mean, that's part of it is realistic expectations, right? Of what you're really going to see and what you're really going to do. So, yeah, and and I think the standardized tests for, you know, certifications and stuff, they're that way for a reason. For a reason, right. But it's the bare minimum. Like it's, oh, can you raise a 25-foot ladder? Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Can you raise a 25-foot ladder after you've carried it 100 yards because that's where your truck is parked and you got to get down this long driveway to the house? Oh, and guess what? It's down, you know, the hills, grades. Yeah, that kind of stuff. The real world. The real world. (laughs) It's not going to be perfect every time. Yeah. So, and that's part, a a large part of our job is thinking outside the box. and OJT. OJT. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll just. I I don't disagree with it. So I know there there are certain departments that have, you carry a book for your first year or two on the job and you have to check things off. Training wise, and we be proficient at things. I right? think I heard of that. Have you heard of yeah. that? Yeah. So yeah. There, there's departments that do it around the country. So my thing is, that's great, but why don't we expand on that? So you're a brand new firefighter. You're you just got promoted driver. Why don't you both have a book? Why don't you have a book as a brand new captain, as a battalion chief, as a deputy, as the fucking fire chief? Because each level of the job changes, and you need to learn how to do that job. Well, not only no. not only that, but also, let's say you are that brand new firefighter. What's your goal mm-hmm. in this career? Do you want to be a driver? Do you want to be a captain? Do you want to be a battalion chief? Do you want to be a deputy? Do you want to be the director of the department one day? Mm-hmm. What are yes. the steps you need to take to get there? Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Here's your book. Yeah. <clears throat> These are the goals. Yeah. These are the steps. Yep. These are your benchmarks. This is what you need to do year one through five. Year five through ten. Professional development. Oh, no! How did we get there? We communicated. (laughs) Suck it, I win. (laughs) Sorry. I apologize. That was kind of rude. But no, I mean, it's a great point. All that stuff goes hand in hand. You know, how do we set people up for success? And I think, and, and in that book, you got to have the mental health awareness and education as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that part way, of it. I mean, if you're going to take care of your body and protect it throughout your career, whatever way you want, mm-hmm. you got to do the same thing with your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took me an hour and a half to scroll all the way back to get there. You got I ran the shit out of that. <laughs> Where is your partner? <laughs> um, he's uh, he's having. He's on sabbatical. Yeah, he's on sabbatical. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, um, yeah, and I think that's something that needs to be talked about too, like physical fitness goals, mm. along with the mental health. Physical fitness is super important, and we don't really talk about it, and it's not really pushed mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. in a lot of departments. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, I mean, if you go down and look at just the numbers of departments that have physical fitness standards and like, I don't know what the, 
what the right term for the programs are, not pure fitness, but, you know, along that lines that they treat their firefighters like tactical athletes, Mm -hmm. you know, they have PT training and all of this stuff. You look at those departments. It's built into it. Yeah. As, as it's built into, you have less injuries, you have less time lost because of injuries. I can believe that. Yep. I mean, it's just, that's the data and that's, that is what it is Mm -hmm. now. Do we do an inherently dangerous job and people are going to get hurt? Sure. That is going to happen 100% guaranteed because we don't operate in safe environments. We are out on the roads whenever everybody should be freaking home, Mm -hmm. but we still have to go out when it's icy, when it's wet, you know, when it's 110 degrees, Yeah, we're still out. We're still doing the job. You have to take care of your body to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's not taken seriously enough. So I watched this video the other day about how elite athletes are have been dying younger through like cardiomyopathy and heart attacks at an age when they shouldn't have it. And basically the argument is when you're exercising the way they do and the output that they give and it's this it breaks down to sweating and what's in your sweat and the minerals that mm-hmm. it takes from your body. So like he was trying to make the point of exercise isn't exactly healthy. And I'm like, oh, I disagree with that. It's not knowing how to replace what you've lost. Right. Rehydrating, proper diet. Well, rehydrating isn't just drinking water. No, it's mm-hmm. electrolytes. There's a lot, there's a lot, lot, lot of stuff that you, like, like 60 something minerals that you lose or something is what he was saying. Yeah. Like I didn't deep, dive down deep into it. I just saw the surface. Mm-hmm. But I think having an education on how to rehydrate the right way how to control your diet the right way. Let's be honest. Firefighters and cops eat like shit. The the hell most you part. Say. We're getting better though. So, <laughs> some people are. I think we But I, as a whole it's still awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're getting better. Don't you think we've uh, we've gotten oh, better yeah. over the years? Yeah. Back in the day we would eat fried food all the time, donuts all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, I think we're getting better. That's one uh, tradition I'm, I'm okay with going away is bringing donuts on your first day. That can go. One, they're stupid expensive. They are now. And they, they don't, <laughs> Crazy. I'll be honest, they don't taste the way they used to. Like when you want them, it's like, eh, not as good, so I just don't eat them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the, even my first I day, I will agree with that. They do taste different. Like that day I bought donuts? It's weird. I didn't eat one. Really, yeah. Well, spent a hundred bucks on donuts. I so didn't touch them. To kind of to kind of touch on that, like the whole you know replenishing what you've lost, you know, as far as when you work out and stuff, you know, rehydrating correctly. You got to look at your for the diet portion of it, like the nutrients and things, especially in like spinach, for example. So like the iron content, because that's what mm-hmm. oh you need to eat spinach for iron and blah blah blah. Okay, well, in the 50s, it was at like, I I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's like 80%, right? And then in the 70s, it was 60%. Mm -hmm. And in the 90s, it was like 10%. So you're not getting what you think you're getting from these foods that you're eating. And you need to realize that and supplement accordingly. Mm -hmm. And I think in our job... You have to take supplements. You have to take vitamins. You have to take, you know, magnesium, mm-hmm. potassium, all of these things because you're not going to get enough through your regular I diet. Like I don't like that magnesium. 
I know you don't like the magnesium. Well, you're taking All too much. Because yeah, yeah, and there's you're different too much. Um, I just I components that go box. with the magnesium. So have yeah. you tried? Uh, you're probably taking the wrong one. You know, they have like folate. Yeah, uh, magnesium folate. That's the one I take at nighttime and kind of re- relax me. Um, so he's got the calm from Vitamin Shop. Choline. Which I might try it like at noon. So I take mine just to see what happens, like or after, like in the middle of the afternoon, where I'm not just eating a meal. You know what I mean, and see, kind of see what happens. He I, said it makes him go to the restaurant. Yeah, I it do. Does. It's it does. like immediate. Yeah. It's like ten minutes. I'm like, I'm I'm pushing. If there was a little kid in my way or a pregnant woman, I'd knock him down. <laughs> I'd like to see you take that Almost. before a run. <laughs> like y'all gotta move. Yeah. <laughs> like Big Mama, get out my way. <laughs> exactly. So if, if it's having if it's having that effect on you, then you need to take a smaller dose. So because it shouldn't be that immediate. And it could be something else too. I don't know. Um, well, it's but my guess is the that, magnesium. Yeah, it will. It's probably time. that because you're taking it with your protein shake. So it's a yeah. combination of your system just can't handle that. So you need to adjust accordingly. Either take it later, earlier, whenever. And don't take them at the same time, or back off. If you've tried taking them separately I at, at different times, and you still get that same effect from the amount that you're taking, then take less because your body may not need it because that's how it gets rid of excess stuff. You hear coach? Coach just broke it down to you. Do not encourage him. Coach, I like that coach. I like that I coach. Like <laughs> I like it. I like it. Thank God this is my last one. That's a friend, that's a friend right there. Uh, he, just, he just saved you. He saved some kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saved some underwear. Oh. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm just stimulating the economy. That's all. <laughs> Toilet paper underwear sales are through the roof. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. All right. Well, do you got anything else? Uh, I don't. You don't? I, don't. I think right. you guys are doing He said I'm out. Though. He tapped. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. He's like, I didn't know what I'm going to say coming down and coming in. I enjoyed you guys. I didn't. It's been like three hours. I don't know how long it's no, been. I don't look at the clock. Like hour and a half. It ain't been that long. I hope it was some good content. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I think it. Uh, I think it was a phenomenal episode. I appreciate it. Also, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for the invite. It's I all about having y'all. fun. Yeah, talk about serious stuff, but laughing and that enjoying I did. your time. That I did. I enjoyed yeah. it. Well, you know, and the more that we can get people to come on mm-hmm. and share their story and share their point of view. And basically push it out there that it's okay to talk about, you know, this kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I know we kind of hit a little bit of leadership, a little bit of mental health, a little bit of just, you know, general conversation or whatever. But, I mean, that's kind of what it's about Mm -hmm. is let's get the conversation going and just be open to talking. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you know, like we talked about, be able to agree to disagree because we're not all going to agree about everything. Everything that's right. Yeah. Because we're individuals. Mm-hmm. And we all come from different tribes if you want to call it yeah, that. Yeah. But we got to realize that we're not that different. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's my soapbox for my final thoughts. I nope. Chris, nope. I'm going to pull Jeremy. I'm not going to give one. Damn. I always give you a final thought. You don't always give one. Yes, you I give do. your little speech. 
He did good. Final thoughts? Um, <clears throat> when we talk about the department, I just think that almost piggybacking off what you said, we just respect one another um, and, 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 and agree to disagree, mm-hmm. compromise, right? Uh, it's 24 hours, two to three times a week. That's not too bad. Um, remember to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's servicing the, our citizens of the, citizen, mm-hmm. of the city. Um, and uh, learn to trust the people we work with, care for them, and then I think we'll become a better department. All right. I think we'll become a better service as a whole. Yeah, no doubt. Because somebody's got to be the first one to make that change. It yeah. doesn't matter which department it is. Mm-hmm. And others will start following because they see it works. Right. You know, lead you communicate from the front. to each other. Communicate between departments. Look at what their professional development's doing, and build on it. Mm-hmm. You don't. Have, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Lead from the front. Somebody pick up the ball and start running. Yeah. I like this commercial. <laughs> I think it's by Cisco. It says, uh, "We don't make a lot of the products you buy. We make a lot of the products you buy better. So we don't have to recreate or yeah. reinvent the wheel." But just take what's already there and let's make it better. Yeah. So yep. I think we start with who we are and work together and we put it out there. I think we'll be better to uh, department. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Good deal. Thanks, y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming. I hey. appreciate it. Okay. I'll wait you get shut yeah. down. Hey, you're going to start adding that 988 into your uh, what? It's your on closing. The- uh no put it in the comments okay or in the video description every time okay so if you i don't i don't watch watch them because i'm here for them yeah i know what we talked about so thanks for caring so much (laughs) anyway everybody thanks this is why i keep turning to quit he can't quit. He's not going no, anywhere. I can't not, quit. He won't good. fire me. He's not, not good anywhere. This is the worst unpaid internship ever. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Man. <laughs> I'm going to put this shit on my resume, too. You, got <laughs> next to, you have to. Yeah. You have to. Worked on a podcast. Horrible boss. <laughs> quit talking, negative. <laughs> Hey, you're not a horrible boss. You're awesome. You're Thank amazing, you. Jeremy. I appreciate JG, that, JG, you are a great boss. Thank you. Great boss. He likes me. Hey, <laughs> we got open spots. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you want to bid in? <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Remember, if you are struggling, reach out. There are resources out there for you. If you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know you care. Let them know there are resources out there. And, uh... Big thanks to Jermaine Kemp for coming and sitting with us today. Appreciate it. And Nelson. Yeah, you're indifferent. I get it. Good job, buddy. All right. Gold star. Thanks.